Congratulations. I know you've been working for this for a long time. How does it feel? Well, it feels good, but also scary. Scary? Why? Well, what's your next step? That's the problem. Hey, this is Michelle Spivey, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom, and I want to welcome you to today's podcast of Wisdom Smack. So join me as we get into figuring out what to do after the bag is secured. And so join me on the flip as we talk about bag secured. Next step. Securing the bag. Now, if you haven't heard this statement, I'm going to bring you up to speed on what it is real quick. So it's been around about five years or so that we know of, and it started in the hip hop community. And what it means is to secure the bag means that you are securing an opportunity, you are getting some money, you're getting paid, or there's some type of advantage coming your way. Sometimes it can mean that you're taking advantage to get this value or opportunity, but it usually means a come up or uh, an improvement for you, all right? So now that we've got that out of the way, let me talk a little bit about um, uh, some of the areas that I want to hit today. We got a lot to cover, and so just give me a moment to get you set up here. So when we're talking about securing the bag, it is affecting a lot of people from a lot of different groups, and I'm going to just touch on three. This is, of course, not... um, exhaustive at at all. So there are some big groups that come out when I think about this whole securing the bag because these are the ones that are that are after it. So one of the groups is um, the young folks, whether it be um, the younger millennials and then um, Generation Zoom, Generation Z. Okay, Uh, they're coming into the workforce. And so if you're anywhere between like 18 up to maybe 36, I'm talking to you. Uh, And the reason I'm talking to you is because uh, the uh, world economy is changing and it's in a a place that we've never seen before. Uh, There's this funny lady that did a a speech one time talking about the, uh, the the things that she wanted us to know about getting older. And one of the things that stuck out when I heard this funny speech was that she was like, please don't get upset with me about being old and how slow I move. And when I forget things, she says, this is my first time doing it. And so I want to just say to you, don't get upset with yourself as you're experiencing this and don't get upset with people that you think have caused it. This is the first time they're going through it. Uh, but neither here nor there. Let's let's move on. So if you're in this group, and I actually might nudge you back down a little bit closer to 30-ish, but I'll, I'll just go on and give it you know, to you, um, that you might be struggling. You might be trying to find your way, find uh, what is your purpose, what you're going to do for your life, how you're going to get your income, who you're going to love, who you're going to be with, who's going to take care of you, who you're going to take care of, those types of things. It's really important to understand that when you're looking at this, there are a lot of factors that are uh, working, ones that you know and don't know. And I'm hoping that today, by giving you a few little wisdom smacks on what you should do and what the securing the bag actually means and what to do next, that you'll set yourself up for a, a greater possibility of, of doing all of it. All right. So shout out to my Younger millennials and my Generation Z who's out there in these streets trying to make it. All right. The next group I want to shout out is going to be kind of sort of the same type, but 
it can be um, a little more. And that's going to be to my newfound people who are in the relationship space. Shout out to my gold, gold, and sugar babies. Gold diggers, gold diggers, and sugar babies. Now, traditionally, the average, and this comes from a company in uh, out of can, uh, Canada who tracks this stuff, they have said that the average sugar baby is around 26 and that about 40% of them are, gr- are students or in grant. They are college students or they're in grad school. And then the average age, now this is talking about the heterosexual ones, y'all. Okay, so I don't have stats on the others, but, uh, and they're female, And then on the other side, the uh, average age of the sugar daddy is going to be 45 and 34% of the sugar daddies are married. And the average monthly allowance that's given to a sugar baby is going to be about $4,252. All right. So just want to do that. And I'm sorry I'm running through this, but I want to get to the other part. But I I just kind of want to let you know what we're talking about for these different ones. Okay. So then... Uh, oh, and the sugar babies now, it does not necessarily mean that you are in your young 20s. Oh, no. They have a lot of women who are over the age of 45 who are becoming sugar babies as well. And so there is an emerging age group from 45 to 65 who are becoming sugar babies as well. For men in the same age group as well as older, a lot of them may be widowers and those types of things think about it. There are some men who are willing to have a sugar baby to not be alone when they have to go to the doctor's appointment or keep them on schedule for stuff that maybe their spouse used to do they took for granted. Or even the divorced who don't nobody want them, but (laughs) they understand that if I want this information or want this companionship, this is what I've got to do. Now, one note about sugar babies, unlike mistresses, because I don't want you to get them confused, Unlike mistresses, escorts, strippers, all that kind of stuff, sugar babies are there for companionship without sex. If at the the they really don't want to have sex unless they fall for you and want to have a relationship with you that's sexual. So it is a romantic companionship that sugar babies are going after. Their goal is not to have sex with these men. So it's not where there's any prostitution or any of that kind of stuff going on. I just want to clean that up. All right, so then my next group is going to be people 35-ish and up who are re-emerging back into the job market, back into the relationship market, and they are having a second life. They are having to do things that they've done before all over again whether it is a new family, a new job, a new career, a new relationship, a new sexual identity, whatever it is, these people are um, having to go through this, all right? So in any one of these three scenarios, somebody somewhere is trying to secure the bag and the bag does not necessarily mean money. It can be opportunity, relationship, uh, some type of advantage that helps that person feel uh better or feel uh, safe, secure, taken care of, or whatever, okay? So now that we've got those three set up, let me talk really quickly about the whole securing the bag, okay? So whether you are a uh, youngster out there trying to find your way in the world, it's your first time, the economy sucks for you, you know, and if you, whatever 
uh, country you're in and you're trying to figure this out. Securing the bag for you is going to be where you are paying your dues, while where you are doing what you need to to get stable. And the first thing I'm going to tell you is it sounds crazy, but if, if at all possible, try to get some type of uh, employment that is uh, flowing. So income, the whole word about income means incoming provisions. And most people uh, articulate that with a job. Now, I understand that the jobs are not the way they used to be. So I'm just going to say, try to figure out, maybe you do get a job, um, the, the best one that you can, or maybe you um, exchange your services for income. Uh, that's where the gig economy is coming from. I'm not telling you anything new that you don't already know. The only thing I'm going to tell you about that is, is that if you're young enough and you don't have a lot of experience, you need to find some kind of way. And it's usually going to be around that kind of way of how you're going to get some income. All right. For my people who are second life in it, second career, second life or whatever, I'm going to tell you that we're going to use the eat well model. And the eat well model is this. Eat, E-A-T. E stands for expertise. A stands for authority. And T stands for trustworthiness. By now, you have developed some skills, some authority, and um, some expertise that makes what you know and what you can do have a value. So unlike the younger folks who don't have any experience, they don't have any eat right now, it might not be as easy for you to go out there and compete with them for the gig economy or for the the jobs that a lot of them deal with inferior goods. We talked about that yesterday on yesterday's podcast. Go check it out if you haven't. And so you're going to have to find a way to make a new life with probably becoming your own boss. Uh, for the maybe for the first time in your life. And what I want you to do with that is I want you to take the EAT model, figure out what you are an expert at. Next, find out how you can gain authority or make yourself adjacent to authority and then show how you can be trusted. Because in today's world, people tend to associate with, buy from, hire, love or whatever, those they know, like, and trust. Now, this is not the um, podcast where I will go into that. I'll probably do a podcast on just the EAT model itself because anybody can learn from it. But it's going to really be something that if you're 35 and over, this is going to work well for you because you already have some expertise uh, under your belt, okay? All right, so if you are a, a sugar baby, the thing I'm going to tell you is, is that as you are, quote unquote, securing the bag, look at it as a temporary transaction. Remember, the stats are over one in three of the sugar daddies is already married. You are not a mistress. You are here for a purpose. And that is to, quote unquote, secure the bag in exchange for your delightful companionship. And even for a little bit of your um, confidential um, conversation, all right? So understand what it is. It's a temporary transaction. You are not trying to uh, live up on this one person, okay? 
And I don't at me about moralities and that kind of stuff, y'all. I'm talking to the different people for where they are. And it, it, if you're not doing it, it's none of your business. So, okay, let's move on. So now that I've taken these, and like I said, this is not exhaustive. I'm not catching everybody in this net. I'm just trying to give you some examples because the part that I want to talk to you about today, about what to do once the bag is secure, is the bulk of what we're we're doing. All right. So the first thing is I want to I want to now shift us from these uh, these areas that I've I've highlighted, and I want to talk about once you secure the bag, what next? Now, one of the things that I have noticed as I have been out here in these streets working with all these different types of peoples and um, helping people to understand how to have a sustainable life, a sustainable income, how to uh, make the life that doesn't make you want to check out of here early and all that kind of stuff, is that there is something that people seemed to be missing. And they seemed to think that securing the bag was the terminal point or the end point, when at best it is the genesis, it is the starting point. All right. So let's talk about the Tao of the seed, S-E-E-D, the seed. So I'm just going to say it. Securing the bag is the same as getting your seeds, getting the seeds. Now, if you already know where I'm going, great. Stay, Stay with me. If you don't, pay attention. So let's talk a little bit about a seed. And what is a seed? A seed is going to be that unit that contains everything within it to bring forth something of maturity. Uh, so unlike a single cell, and I'm not, I promise y'all, I'm not going to bore you with biology, but you would do well to learn from Mother Nature. So unlike a single cell or even an amoeba where it's just a a few cells that allows it to have movement and that kind of thing, a seed is going to be a compact thing that once it is fertilized, it can then start the process of growing into something that is able to reproduce and able to grow and all of that. Okay, so let's let's get to this. Understanding that your bag is the seed means that the first thing is don't mistake the seed for food and for substance and for what's going to take care of you. It is not. It is just the seed, the starter kit, the beginning point. Too many times, if I look back over my life, and I'm not that old, but you know, I can see where I gobbled up my seed. I mistook my seed for something other than it was. I thought that securing the bag meant I was set, when securing the bag only meant that I was just beginning. Um, I think I've told you guys, oh no, I know I've told you on other podcasts where over and over again, I would work for a goal, I would get the goal, and then I'll be like, now what? Because I, I didn't know what to do after. I didn't. I was scared of trying to keep it, trying to maintain it, trying to have it, you know, continuously work. I was always scared that once I got to this big point, because I didn't know what to do next, because I'd always just been trying to get to that new point, I hadn't planned for the day after. And so that was a big thing that I had to start working on. And over the years, I started paying more attention to looking at cycles, looking at lines, looking at 
uh, infinite games and all of that. These are all things I've talked about in previous podcasts. And so we're, we're bringing them together to help us understand that there is always going to be a next step after you secure the bag. And I wish I could say that this, you after you get to a certain age, it, it won't matter, but it won't. Just the other day, I saw someone who had quote unquote secured the bag and they posted something online. I was like, they're about to lose it all because they don't even understand what they have gotten. And so I want to also say this, and this is wisdom, that once you secure the bag, your actions, your activities, and what you have to do just really started. This is not a time to rest and relax. Oh, no. So let's look at the life cycle of this seed. So once you get the seed, then it needs to germinate. And germination is just like gestation, you know, pregnancy, if you will. And if you realize it takes a little while for that seed to cook, for it to do its thing, because it is gathering the nutrients and com- and the combustible energy to break out of its outer seed coat, its outer shell, or break out of the womb or the cocoon, however you want to look at it, it's fine. And so once that seed breaks forth out of that germination stage, then it's going to move into the growth stage. After the growth stage, it's going to move into reproduction, then pollination, and then the cycle begins again, where it spreads new seeds during the pollination and then on and on. Okay. So now that we've gone through that overview, well, how does that, what does that mean for you? And why do you need to know that when it comes to what to do with securing your bag? Okay. Even if you didn't ask, that's what you should be asking y'all. Okay. So uh, the seed, once you get your seed, you need to find or make or create an environment that's conducive to its continued growth. And that usually means that you're going to have to do things that require the skills and the traits of being diligent and consistent. That is not the time to rest on your laurels. It is certainly not the time to eat off of your seed or consume it. It is a time for you to nurture it and and treat it like the rare blessing it is. Okay, so. I'm going to tell y'all a quick little story. When I was a kid, um, David's Sunflower Seeds is a popular brand here in the United States. And people around me love those seeds. And I was just like, my little heart would get hurt because I'll be like, why are they eating all the sunflower seeds? We're not going to have any more sunflowers. And my mother would just laugh at me. She's like, baby, do not worry about the sunflowers. We are going to have sunflowers. These seeds were made so that people can eat them. And I was like, but they're grilling the sunflowers. I was like, and I was, I was really adamant about this until my mother reminded me of something. And she was like, well, I don't see you crying like that every time you eat a watermelon. And I was like, oh, because at the time I was a little kid, I hated picking the seeds out of the watermelon. So I just swallow them whole. And the old folks tales would say, don't eat the watermelon seeds. They'll grow in your stomach. And I didn't care. And so my mother was just being funny with me. But I do remember that. And even as a child, I realized that there was something important about the life of a seed and what it was for and how it should be cherished, nurtured, and, um, and protected. And think of this biologists, we have entire vaults and and highly protected areas of seed farms and seed vaults that they try to keep should some kind of catastrophe 
catastrophe happen because if you don't have a seed, you don't have life. Seeds are what keep us and protect us. And I want you to understand that your bag is not that which is going to feed you and take care of you. It is the seed to get you to that stuff. So by being diligent and consistent to give it an an environment for its gestation. And in the gestation, it's going to be hidden in the dark. It is going to look like nothing is happening for a while. It is going to require you to do a lot before it gives you any indicator that it is responding in kind. And you have to keep that in your mind that you're going to do a lot of work to turn this seed into something that is going to then work for you or secure uh, your future or take care of you in perpetuity. So once you move from uh, the germinating and, and, and move into where you get those sprouts, one of the things that I realized when I was studying the life cycle of a seed, and I love it, it's, it's a lot of wisdom there, is that during the sprouting cycle, now this is the cycle where it moves from gestation into growth. And think of this as um, of uh, the, the birthing part and then the delivery. So one of the weird things that happens is that uh, once the seed has started to germinate and it is moving into its um, cycle, it becomes a seedling. And once and to become a seedling, that's when it starts breaking out of that outer layer that's called that seed coat, aka coming out of the womb. And what happens? This is the this is the miracle. It begins with a little small root that begins to grow downward, and then it has a little shoot that look might look like a little blade of green or whatever that begins to grow upward. So here you have the seed in the middle. And it has a root that starts to grow down and a sprout that starts to go up. It is already telling you that when you have your seed, your seed comes prepared to be able to stick and stay with you through its root and reach up to get higher and better things with you for you with that sprout. So when you start to see the shoot come up and when it starts to break the surface, and when I say break the surface, meaning that With a glance, you can start to see movement, forward movement on what your seed is doing. That means that the seed is no longer a seed. It has become a sprout. But in this sprout, a lot of people get excited because, oh, now you're starting to be able to see visual effects of what you've been hoping for. And this is a treacherous time because folks can mistake it for, oh, you're paying off for me. Oh, let me take advantage of this. Do not eat your sprout. Don't consume. Don't wreck. Don't do anything to destroy your sprout because it's still in a very vulnerable time. Heck, I'm going to say the whole cycle is a vulnerable time. So once this sprout starts to sprout, you're still not done. You got to even, you got to hit it more by giving it good water and nutrients and good soil, meaning you got to up the quality of the environment even more so it can change and um, grow into what is called a seed, um, um, a young adult plant. So this seedling plant uh, starts to have a few leaves. And uh, once those leaves become numerous enough to shed the rest of that outer coating off, think about it. You know, now your seed is able to be a toddler, get up and walk on its own. Okay. Um, You are now into the young adult 
plant stage. Now with this stage, this is when your plant is getting bigger and it's starting to be sustainable uh, on its own and uh, more leaves are starting to come and the roots are getting deeper. And again, don't trick yourself. Don't think that, oh, I got it made now because um, my seed, my bag is starting to take care of itself. That doesn't mean anything. (laughs) You are nowhere near any kind of finish line. Because that has to grow into what is called an adult plant. So now we're in a full on growth cycle where the adult plant starts to replicate and reproduce itself. It starts to grow. That's where you, you know, if you've been trying to grow a tree from a seed, that's when it actually starts to look like a tree. It's got limbs on it and even possibly has more than a few branches on it. So when this gets to be the adult, it is now able to be mature and you are ready to be able to make use of your bag once your plant, your tree, whatever it is, starts to produce flowers or spores or fruit because you're not going to consume the tree. You can consume that stuff that it throws off, spores, flowers, and this. And I would wait and say, wait till after it's been quote unquote pollinated, meaning that it has gotten big enough for the uh, spores to turn into fruit with more seed inside because you can take those. And if you're wise, like my grandparents used to teach when they uh, were showing us how they uh, did their garden, you'll take some of the reproduction of that fruit and let it, quote unquote, go back to seed so that you'll have even more. Some people might like, oh, that sounds like dividends. That sounds like um, putting your interest back into the principle so it can continue to grow. Yes, compounding interest is part of what I'm talking about, whether that be in money or whether that be in how you are now uh, at a point where you're able to produce more people after your kind of good things. So there's a lot going on with this whole idea of the seedling into the mature tree, into making more and duplicating and compounding interest of what's going on. And I say this because a lot of times people don't realize that securing the bag is the seed and they want to harvest that thinking it's a crop and it is not a harvestable crop. It takes time to get to the point where you can harvest the crop. I'm still trying to work on getting to the harvest of my crops and I wish I could tell you it's a shorter way to go, but you got to pay your dues. But you and, and not only that, you have to know what time it is, what season you're in, in the in the sowing and the reaping stages. And you have to understand that at each stage, your seed is vulnerable, whether it is you eating it or the birds coming and picking it up and eating it because they love seeds or whether it is blight, famine, uh, drought or whatever, the environment turning against it and killing it while it's still trying to find its way in the ground. Or maybe it is a full adult, full and luscious. And now the scavengers and the uh, the slugs and the aphids and the, the little rodents and things come and try to eat the uh 
the leaves and and infect it and kill it down to its its roots. You have to be diligent and consistent on dealing with this and understanding that it takes a lot to do it. And the next thing is when we're talking about what to do after securing your bag, even if you manage to get it to a place of harvest, you got to realize that you got to keep turning your crops. That was something that I also learned growing up as a kid and going and and hanging out with my grandparents in the summertime that they would teach me how to rotate the fields, how to turn the crops, how to introduce new seeds, and how to never take uh, advantage of thinking that one type of seed, one type of crop was always going to be your bread and butter. You had to have variety. And so even with securing the bag, that is not going to be the last time that you have to go and secure a bag. And I think In my humble opinion and my limited observation, that is one of the most egregious errors I am seeing with people. And we need a little wisdom to understand that you will secure many bags in your lifetime. And do not cry if you have lost a bag. I have watched series of, you know, uh, how people blew through their fortunes on YouTube or how um, people lost their their um, ability to influence and gain money. And they're still stuck because they don't know how to go out and look for different seed. They don't know the wisdom of how to turn a crop and introduce new seed. And of these three examples that I talked about, one of them This part really affects you. That is the folks 35 and over starting over. It is now time for you to learn how to introduce new seeds into your fields. It is time for you to have that second life, to go out and secure that bag again. And don't be upset or heartbroken over the fact that you got to do this because it's just part of getting more seed. You cannot always have mature plants throwing off year after year, crop after crop. It just doesn't work like that. They have a life cycle just like we do. And sometimes you got to get that newness, that new uh, way of getting what you need in your life to come your way. And so in the last few seconds that I've got, yeah, we're kind of close today. I want to remind you that after your bag is secured, that is the first step. Your bag is your seed. You got to be willing to let it germinate, allow it to grow, nurture it and cultivate it as it gets to maturity. Be ready to do what it takes to make sure that it's protected when it's in its reproduction stages. Know when to harvest, know when to turn it over and bring in new seed and be okay with whatever stage you're in, understanding that you know and you have the wisdom to know where you are. So guess what? Yep, my time is up. I thank you for yours. This has been Michelle Spiva, your Practical Priestess of Wisdom with another podcast of Wisdom Smack. And that's going to do it for today's podcast of Wisdom Smack with Michelle Spiva. If you like this podcast, please help us get the word out. Like, comment, subscribe, and even share. And if you really like it, please help us continue to get the word out by considering using this show's link for Amazon. So when you want to go to Amazon and you do all of your general shopping, 
uh, please use michellespiva.com forward slash AMZ. It's simple as that. It doesn't cost you anything extra. And this show might receive a little bit of commission that will go towards helping to further get these episodes out to you and to others. So thank you so much for listening. This has been Michelle Spiva with Wisdom Smack. Bye.